Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 326. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hey. Uh, this week on the show, we'll be taking a look at Brian De Palma's Domino, along with someone watching on the watch list, going over this week's new releases in theaters, VOD, and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, you can help support Film Pulse on Patreon at patreon.com slash filmpulse for just a dollar a month. Also, please consider reviewing us on iTunes as that's extremely helpful as well. Just one bit of housekeeping. The new episode of Say by the 90s has dropped. It is available now. We discuss comedies released in May of 1991. Okay. So that includes What About Bob? Mannequin yeah. on the Move? Drop Dead Fred? Yes. And Soap Dish. I've never seen Soap Dish before. I remember this. Yeah. That was Soap Dish. Uh, not great. Ah. Uh, In fact, all these movies were not great, except for What About Bob, of course. Still the best movie. Yeah, it's incredible. Baby Steps. It holds up, man. What it About sure Bob? Holds, it holds up like crazy. I still love that movie. Absolutely. I think it's... I, said this on the show. I think it's one of Bill Murray's best performances. I would agree. We also talk about two comedy shows, TV shows, including Parker Lewis, Can't Lose, and Dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> uh, Parker Lewis holds up. Dinosaurs does not. I mean, I don't Lies. even know. Lies. It, dude, that show is so bad. This show's the best. It's so horrendous. Blasphemy. Mm-mm. Uh, all right, let's dive into our review this week, shall we? We're talking about Domino. This is directed by Brian De Palma. I have a synopsis here. A Copenhagen police officer seeks justice for his partner's murder by a mysterious man. Yes. Can I just say that <laughs> this is a new movie. This is a movie that, that came out this weekend. Mm-hmm. This does not feel like a new movie. This feels like it's a straight-to-video movie from 1998. Yeah. This movie feels so old. It is... <laughs> it, it's like, remember when DVD really started blowing up and you just saw this huge, like, groundswell of these like generic action movies that were coming straight to DVD and they all had sort of the same cover. They all looked the same. They all mm -hmm. starred like a generic action person. And when you read the back, the plot would just be like, Oh yeah. Okay. That's just so forgettable and generic. Like that's this movie. Correct. 100%. I, <laughs> I mean, it's like, I mean, I get it. Brian De Palma is like 78 years old or something by this point and well and i think they're i i don't know the specifics but i think this was a movie that was hung up for a long time yeah i think you're right which it shows yeah i think it did get hung up for a while but because you're 100 percent right it feels like it came out like 10 years ago if not more yeah i uh i i don't know all the details about what happened with this but i mean even even if it got hung up for a few years it still feels just so old and then like also like with the i mean the plot feels so generic and like 
it's I mean, not- can we can we put a moratorium on de- like ISIS movies like dealing with terrorists and stuff? Like that's just let's not let's not shine a light on them anymore. And it feels like it was that this came about like right after ISIS kind of came into the headlines. This feels like a movie that was born straight out of that. Like we don't really know who ISIS is and what they're up to, but they're attacking everyone for, yeah, for no discernible reason. Like they, the, the, the terrorists in this movie, like they just, they gave them the bare bones, yeah. uh, you know, motivations here. Oh yeah. I mean, it's the Paris. Essentially it's just because God is great. Yeah. That's really their reasoning. It seems like. And I, I like how they made a big point of like, they're using technology. They're using drones. They're using technology. They have drones and they're, they're using cars. iPhones. Oh my gosh. There's, there's like production. Like they have different camera angles and they're beheading videos and stuff. This, this movie is uh, so forgettable on so many levels. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think like the weirdest thing for me is you have kind of two storylines going on here where you have the, the mysterious man, him kind of being utilized by the CIA to track down these terrorists. And then I guess what's considered the main through line narrative, which is the, the Danish police trying to track him as well because he killed a Danish police officer and they just that like the, the whole Danish part of it just did not work for me at all. Cause again, it's just the most generic, you know, his partner was killed. He's looking for vengeance. And then of course there's this other woman who turns out to be his lover. So she wants vengeance too. And it's just, Oh, yeah, so you have uh, Nikolaj Kulster Waldo in there as the main character, Christian, who you, you, I'm sure you recognize him from Game of Thrones. And then you also have Carice Van Houten, also from Game of Thrones, as the female lead. And she is so underwritten and like the, 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 the script, oh, the way that it treats that character feels very sexist to me in this movie the way that she is treated by everyone around her and also it's revealed this is not a big spoiler or anything that she's pregnant and i love how that is revealed when he's scrolling through photos on her phone and sees the ultrasound and it's like a fully formed baby that's like ready ready to come out of her and yet she is not showing at all and it's so ridiculous this whole the the whole pregnancy thing just feels so shoehorned in well yeah i mean all of it is just it's it's very childish to just have her like every time he comes up you know the the lars character who's the the partner that is dying Anytime he comes, she just becomes a sobbing mess and she just can't take it anymore. And she has to storm off. She's just overwhelmed always. 
I don't even know why her character exists in this movie. To me, it seems like the only reason she exists is because they were like, oh, well, we're, we're not filling a, a woman quota here. We got to add, we got to add a, a woman in here and just have her do like basic womanly things. It, it's, it's just seems so ridiculous to include her. And, 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 it seems like she's she's only there to service the plot at the very end yeah to to justify <laughs> to, like to to formulate that whole plot line of her yeah. uh being with the guy uh lars it seems like it's only to service that what she does at the very end of the movie which the the writing in this is just spectacular in a lot of ways <laughs> like when when they find out because i'm going to spoil this by the way because this movie's not good, so it doesn't matter. So if you were to plan on watching Domino from Brian De Palma, 2019, you can just stop listening now. <laughs> but when, when they find out that, that Lars, in fact, died, and they have to like pull over because she's going to be sick, and they, of course he comes over and sits with her, and she's very upset, and she's you know, saying that they loved each other, and that's when uh, he finds out, Christian's character finds out that they were together. Which, man, you should have put that shit together a lot earlier. Like, you are a terrible detective. Well, we know <laughs> that he... Yeah. We just, just to pause you for a second. We know he's a terrible detective because he bungled everything up until that point. Like, these two cops are so inept. Like, he forgets his gun. He leaves his gun at home. Are you serious? And then I, the decisions that they make. They arrest the guy, Ezra. I think that's his name, right? Yeah. They arrest him and they don't frisk him. They don't check him for weapons or anything. Nothing. They, they just leave him there. <laughs> and like, <laughs> they they turn around. <laughs> they don't even watch him. Well, you got to get that split doctor shot in there. Yeah. Yeah. You had a few. You did have a few of those. And that was, I got to say, that was my favorite thing about this movie is when he's getting ready to leave and that woman keeps trying to get him to stay and the camera is only fixated on the gun and just slowly zooms in on the gun. Yeah. And then Noah said, I, I actually love that. I was like, this is going to be awesome. But unfortunately the music kept making things terrible. And then the action just, Oh boy. But <laughs> <laughs> before I'm getting ahead of myself now, but back to the original, you know, when they're sitting there on that little, picnic table or whatever and she's talking about how they loved each other and he just starts going shut up shut up shut <laughs> up <laughs> and then at the end when guy pierce is like oh do you feel better getting vengeance <laughs> and like a little bit later she's like yeah i do feel better she's like oh my god it's uh it's kind of funny but like the action, number one, the guy from Game of Thrones, what's his name again? Nikolaj. Nikolaj Coaster Waldo. He is not athletic in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> so watching him do anything is, oh, it's yeah awful. the 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 chase the ch the rooftop chase at the beginning <laughs> was <laughs> clunky to say the oh, least. Oh Jesus Christ. Oh, man. I just like, and there's that one scene where him and 
Alex's new partner. They just like, I guess they just had to put in like a fight scene where they beat up those, those like teenagers on the street. Like that was the shittiest fight scene I think I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Had to be like top 10 worst fight scenes ever. Yeah. And then they just hop right back in their car and sleep there. Like they don't even leave. (laughs) They just kick the shit out of those kids, get back in their car and go to sleep. Like (laughs) this fucking movie. Uh, yeah, it's, it's rough. I didn't expect it to be very, it was pretty much what I expected. I, I, I gotta say though, no, I, cause when I went into it, I knew a little bit about like this being like hung up and everything and whatever happened and it wasn't released and wasn't released. So I was kind of expecting a bigger mess narrative wise. Which I don't think it is. Like, it's not that much of a mess. Like, it's pretty straightforward. Like, you can follow it. It kind of makes sense, the transitions from scene to scene. It's just not good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's competently directed. I just don't think there's anything of consequence to this movie. It, it feels like a relic. It's just not... I mean, even... Like, even if it came out 10 years ago, I don't think people would be talking about it because there's just, it doesn't have a lot to say that hasn't already been explored in better ways. You have, I think, a decent cast of people in this, but they just don't really do much. Like, Guy Pierce plays this kind of, he, I guess he's like, sort of portrayed as being a bad guy but he's not but not really i think that, and that was the only interesting thing to me was how they kind of center the the danish cops journey of vengeance and it's to them it's all about them and they're doing like really important things but in like the grand scheme of things like they ain't shit like they didn't really do anything they just killed a dude who for me was the only interesting character in the movie. And also the actor that plays him, Eric Ibonet. He was like the only one that I I felt was taking this seriously. Like he was, yeah. he was bringing it as much as he could. And anytime he was on the screen, I, I, you know, I was actually engaged. And everyone else had just felt like they were dicking around. And I just kind of felt bad for him. And then to make matters worse, is I get on IMDb, right? And he's like ninth listed for yeah. some reason. And then his, they don't even have his character name. It just says actor. <laughs> what? Oh, no. <laughs> it just says fucking actor, man. Oh, man. I see that. They have the young model that got shot in the face that was there for like one second above him. And his is just actor. Yeah. <sighs> god yeah this was a this is a little bit of a, a rough one not not a whole lot going on i mean there's a few like you mentioned the split diopter shot there's a few de palma-esque uh bits in there but far from what i would call a classic de palma movie yeah it's just it's it's very very uh i guess just generic i mean in terms of like it's understanding of, or even it, like its depiction of ISIS and the CIA and such, it, like it, 
this is what I would expect if my mom wrote this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just like, oh, they're bad. They blow stuff up. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of depth happening no, here. There's like no complexity to this whatsoever. The thing and is, I mean, though, when, when you look at the premise, you, you have this this guy who his father was killed by these ISIS people. So he's on a path of vengeance. And in like during his path, there is some collateral damage and he ends up killing a police officer. So like the premise is actually pretty good. It's just that they don't really go anywhere with it. No. And it, it, it is really interesting because really he, I mean, yes, he does kill the cop, but in, in a sense, the cop kills himself through his own ineptitude. Yeah. And, you know, then you throw in the whole, the whole fold of the CIA taking him and utilizing him for their search because, you know, he can do whatever he wants and they can just drop him at any moment so they can use him without getting their hands dirty. But then they have to deal with, you know, the Danish police getting, getting their nose all up in their business. So, like, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here, but man, it just. It doesn't capitalize on any of the more interesting elements. Like, if they kept the focus on Ezra and made it his story instead of Christians, because seriously, like, this guy is so bland. Like, who who cares? He's such a generic detective character. Yeah. And it, like I said, he's not athletic in any way, shape, or form. So any of the action stuff that he does is just ungodly to watch. I mean, and you get, again, the guy, the actor playing Ezra actually has like a screen presence to him. And he is actually kind of badass, especially when he has everything with the, uh, when he goes to Mustafa's cafe and starts kicking mm-hmm. the shit out of that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, He's actually a compelling character. Also, the title, Domino, come on. <laughs> and, the, uh, and, the, and the poster. poster. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, everything you need to know about this movie, you can see from that poster. The title is just so... I mean, we there's already a movie called Domino, for God's sake. Um, yeah, there's pretty sure more than one. Named Domino. Probably. I just, if I took a quick look at this, like if I just passed it on the street, this poster, I would just be like, oh, a new Jason Statham movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. it looks like to me. Something tells me this wasn't originally called Domino. It had to be called something else originally. Yeah. I'm sure. That's just, I don't know. This doesn't work. All right, let's give this thing a score. Kevin, what are you going to give Domino? There you go. Four. Uh, I'm going with a three on this one. Whoa. Whoo. Yeah, Yeah. because now, like, I immediately, I'm like, four. What the fuck are you thinking? That's terrible. (laughs) Yeah. I just said it. Can't have you influence me. There you have it. Domino. It's going to be on VOD if if you want to see it. I want to say, I want to get just clear the air here, a little behind the scenes action i wanted my pick to be was it the perfection yeah that was the movie that i wanted to cover i was like that's the one 
we're gonna cover that one but i it gave me pause because i'm like i don't want this podcast to just become like hey this week we're gonna review another netflix movie like i didn't want to get stuck in that rut so i went with domino and now i'm just kind of like fuck it i wish we'd just watch the perfection instead well i did watch the perfection so tell me that as a we can use that as a segue here we go the perfection is not what i expected okay not what i expected at all this is directed by richard shepherd stars allison williams as this um she's like a cello she's a cellist uh, and she leaves she leaves this like uh prestigious conservatory to take care of her ailing mother who is dying and she comes back uh years later and ends up meeting the new star pupil and mm-hmm. the she does something this is a hard movie to talk about because I feel like this is the type of movie you want to go into completely cold because it'll be all the more shocking. There's like twists upon twists upon twists in this movie. So many twists. You don't know where it's going to go. And yeah. I ended up, uh, I ended up liking it quite a bit. We do have a review for this up on the site. Blake reviewed it for us. And, uh, I, I would give it a light recommend more than anything, just because it's on Netflix and also just because it's, it goes to some really shocking places that I did not expect. I mean, at times this movie is kind of hard to watch. It, it gets very grim at at times. And, uh, yeah, I, I would say that Allison Williams does a pretty decent job. And, uh, overall, Give it a look. Uh, if you have a problem with sort of body horror elements, maybe, maybe avoid. Okay. Should we, should we have covered this instead of Domino? Yeah. Ah. Probably. <clears throat> I just don't want to become a, like a Netflix thing. No, of course. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because getting, getting Netflix is kind of dominating now. Because back mm-hmm. in the past, when they when they first started coming out, you know, it was like a movie here and there, like one one month maybe. Well, at least months. we didn't do the cover the McG one. Oh God, no! Yeah, I didn't watch that. That came out also. I watched one other movie. I watched I Am Legend from two thousand seven. Wow. Yeah. Some uh, dystopian sci-fi stuff going on there. This movie, I was surprised thoroughly enjoyed it up to a certain point which is the end the end is fucking atrocious just fucking terrible they just took everything that was great and just threw it in the trash and they're like fuck it we're gonna do a happy ending and it's just downright stupid i think there is an alternate ending yeah which is bullshit that's a cop out you can't do that can't be doing alternate endings (laughs) there's one ending fucker I guess they weren't sure which way they wanted to go. Well, of course they went. And I, I understood that going in. Usually with, uh, you know, studio movies, you can kind of expect what the ending is going to be because no one really has the backbone to go too dark with it. You, you, 
kind of have this feeling that there's going to be some sort of uplifting, something that gives you a sense of hope, right? Which is fine. That's fine. If you do it right. But here, they just, like, the movie just stops at a certain point. Some new characters are introduced, and everything is just, you know, happily ever after bullshit from then on out. And it's just, and it's also just kind of rushed at the end, just to kind of, like, wrap it up in a little bow. And, man, it was just, uh, like, I knew they were going to go that route, but at the same time, it's just the execution of it just makes it even worse. And because they introduce something where, you know, he's out and about, he sets this little trap to try and get someone to get, I think they're called like dark seekers to take back to his lab so he can, he can test on them. And the next time he's out, the dark seekers essentially reenact to a T his little trap and he gets trapped. And he's talking about, like, oh, they've completely devolved. There's absolutely no sign of human activity with them whatsoever. And it's like, uh, okay, this is kind of interesting because clearly, clearly they can learn and adapt. So there's something going on here. But then they just never really do anything with it. It's just that one thing. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. And it's just the other thing that I put the thought was kind of interesting is like the special effects were just awful they're so bad well this was made a long time ago over a I know, decade but it, it's i don't remember them being that bad mm-hmm. in 2007 but you know maybe i'm wrong because it's like they have a cgi deer moving and like everything around the deer is just like completely distorted <laughs> Anytime the deer moves, like everything around it, it like it's awful looking. Hmm. I remember liking that movie. It's really good up until a certain point, and then they just they throw it all away. That's I Am Legend. I saw John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum. Uh, I I think I said this after the first John Wick when the second one was ready to come out, and I was like, how can they top it? Like how? how can they possibly catch lightning in a bottle again? And they did it with John wick chapter two. And I was saying the same thing about this one. I'm like, where can they go from here? Like they, they had everything, like everything you can think of that would be cool in an action movie. They included in the first two movies. So I'm like, where, where can they go? Well, the first like 10 minutes of John wick chapter three. Now this, this takes place directly after the events of, uh, the second one, like the same night where the second one ends. So right picks right up. And the first 10 minutes has three action sequences and they are so incredible and so unique. I'm not going to say what happens because I feel like you just need to go into this and experience it. But that, that the way that it kicks off, I was just like, Holy shit. This is this this is a game changer when it comes to action. This this is setting a new bar because it was so incredible, so unique. Like the and there's not just the the first three sequences. I mean, it starts off on a really high note, but there's a couple other sequences that happen uh, later on in the movie where I there there was one action sequence that was that had Halle Berry in it. 
So it was uh, John Wick, Keanu Reeves, and Halle Berry fighting. And that whole sequence, my mouth was hanging open in the theater, and I was just like, holy shit. I've never seen anything like this before. Absolutely incredible. And the thing is, the only problem is that for me, that action scene was ended on such a high note that the sequences that happened after that felt like they weren't on the same level. You know what I mean? Mm. Like the final, the final, final fight felt a little like it felt a little bit too long. And I was like, eh, this is dragging on a little bit, but the the final fight is involving uh, several cast members from the raid. So you know that it's technically impressive. And, and that's, that's the thing. Like, it seems like with the John Wick movies, they, they pull in bits and pieces from other action movies and adapt them to their own. Like this movie has a lot of, you know, the first John Wick had a lot of the gun kata, like it was mostly gun kata. Mm-hmm. And with this one, there's a lot more hand to hand combat. There's a ton of knife play. And it seems like they lifted that directly from the raid movies. The, all of the, the moves, the, the, just the martial arts style feels like it's pulled or influenced directly from the raid movies. And it's not, it's not a ripoff or anything like that. It feels, it still has that John wick feel. The other thing that I liked a lot about this is the, the continual world building that they do. That was one of the most interesting aspects of the first John wick was this strange underground world that it took place in. And in the second one, I knew that they were going to continue to build that world, but I was concerned that they were going to give too much away. Like it was, they were going to try to develop it too much and, and it was going to turn into this just messy, you know, universe that, got convoluted and I was, I I had the same concerns with this one. I'm like, well, if they continue to build on it, there's not going to be any mystery. There's not going to be any kind of allure to this, this, this world. And they, they do it in such a way where they just give you little, little morsels, little, little morsels of how this all works and the history behind it and how the, like the high table, functions and stuff like that and how the the hotels the various hotels function and they they gave you just enough in this to expand it a little bit without going overboard and like dumping exposition onto you now that that was the other thing the 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 whole series does this where there are no exposition dumps like there's no scene where you know two people are explaining things to each other that they should already know and don't need to be having a conversation about. It's just for the benefit of the audience. They don't do that in these movies. They have natural conversations and it's up to you as the audience member to try to piece things together. So I can highly recommend John Wick chapter three. It is bar none. One of the best action movies I've ever seen. And it's, it's right up there. For me, like with the raid movies, it's highly, highly recommended. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, you have to see this movie. Oh my god! Oh uh, man, I actually had 
because I still haven't seen two. So I got to get caught up on that and then see three, right? And of course, I think it was like last weekend, like Sunday or something. My wife is like, hey, I think I want to watch the John Wick movies. God damn it. Couldn't we have done that like a month ago? And then we yeah. would have been prepared for when three came out. But, yeah, can't be too angry. Gonna end up getting to see some John Wick. Anyways. I can't I can't wait till you see it so we can talk about the scene with Halle Berry because, oh my God, incredible. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, I also saw Booksmart. This is the uh, directorial debut of Olivia Wilde, and believe the hype on this one too. This is this is a great great comedy, very funny. Not quite as funny as I expected from the trailer. I mean, the tr- the trailer for this movie is quite good and makes it out to be, you know, a laugh riot nonstop. Yeah. It's not quite that, but it is still very funny throughout. They don't drop the humor. You know, that's something that we talk about a lot on the show where, you know, uh, a lot of times comedies will end up trying to do something that's like heartfelt and they'll slowly taper the humor off so that they can bring in, you know, deeper messages and stuff. Gotta get that life lesson. Yeah. And they do that in this, but they don't, they don't do it in, they don't do it in lieu of comedy. They they still keep the comedy going, but there are a number of heartfelt moments in it. I didn't know that Beanie Feldstein was Jonah Hill's sister. I didn't know that either. Yeah, I just learned that like yesterday. <clears throat> I She's think li- when I first when I originally saw it, I just assumed that because I thought that would have came out with you know what was she in Lady Bird, right? Yeah, she was in Lady Bird, but she's also in What We Do in the Shadows, the TV series. Yeah, and it never really came out then. So when it, when I saw that this time around, I figured, oh, someone's just kind of pointing out that she's like the female version of Jonah Hill, which I totally see. I get it. That's a good joke. She's Jonah Hill's sister. But no, she is Jonah Hill's sister. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> actually Jonah Hill's sister. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that either until like yesterday. Yeah. She's wow. hilarious. Uh, Caitlin Dever, who's the other female lead, she's, she's hilarious in it as well. Like, really, really solid comedy. We, 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 we have so few good comedies that come out every year. Like there's maybe a handful of good comedies that come out every year. Yeah like three there's like three good comedies that come out every year these days and this is absolutely one of them i would put it like looking at like the kind of coming of age high school comedies i would say that i I still prefer eighth grade over this i think that eighth grade was funnier but this is this is right up there with it comparing it to super bad i mean everybody says that oh this is like the female version of super bad it is sort of in that you know it's two best friends and it's a high school comedy but the the style of humor is much different in this i think it's a a little bit of a smarter more dialogue based less gross out stuff although there are a couple kind of gross out type things in here certainly not on the same level as super bad i think super bad is funnier but i think that this is a better movie gotcha so yeah book smart 
that's playing now. Definitely check it out, especially because this is a smaller movie. It, it got a wide release, but you know it's going up against Aladdin and and um, Brightburn. Like, just I, I would put your money into this one. Uh, finally, I'll mention Avengement. This is a movie that came out over the weekend. Where yeah. this is, <laughs> yeah, I this love is dir- this title. This is directed uh, by Jesse V. Johnson. Don't let the title fool you. It's a, it's a terrible title. It's a really shitty title, but the movie's really good. It stars Scott Atkins. If you're not familiar with Scott Atkins, he's he's like a bona fide action star. He's in a ton of movies. Not so well known stateside, but he he's a British actor. Does a just a ton of uh, ton of things, and you've probably seen him in other movies. Like he was in The Expendables too, and he was in some. Maybe the Marvel movies or something. He's he's in a ton of stuff. Anyway, he plays this um, former boxer who ends up going to prison because he's trying to raise money to start up a business. He goes to his brother, who's this like kind of gangster for money, and he has and his brother has him do this one job where he has to mug this woman and steal a bag from her. And he he does it, but she ends up chasing him and she gets hit by a car and dies. So he ends up going to prison. And while in prison, he starts getting attacked by inmates like over and over and over again. And he eventually discovers that there's a hit out on him. There's a bound a 20,000 pound bounty on him. And he finds out that it was his brother that put out the bounty on him. And he ends up breaking out of prison and going after his brother. And the it's, it's, there's a lot of really great action in it. Certainly not John wick three level. I think of, I think it, the fact that I just saw John wick three right before this, uh, unfortunately brings it down a little bit, but yeah, that's not, that's not fair to vengement. No, it's not. And it's a different style of action. Like this movie is, just gritty down and dirty just street brawl style yeah like this i think i think ryan like ryan would probably love this movie because it it feels like a very like football hooligan-esque type movie (laughs) it's just fist punching faces yeah he gets curb stomped in it which is a really difficult scene to watch it's very this movie's very bloody uh very very gritty graphic violence in this he gets he gets napalmed in the face oh and, and he gets curb stomped so that, that doesn't seem like something that you can generally come back from yeah the uh the curb stomping knocks out all his teeth so if you see like uh, the trailer he has like all kind of like cr- like chrome teeth so he did find at some point after getting all of his teeth knocked out to get replacements. Oh, they, they do it in prison. So like he nice. gets curb stomped in prison and the, the surgeon didn't like his attitude. So he gave him the shiny teeth instead of regular teeth. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's really, it's yeah. a really solid watch. Uh, it, again, bad title, but really solid action movie. All right, let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. 
Got a couple biggies. Dark Phoenix. This is the X Men movie. All right. Eh. Eh. Low expectations for this one. Eh. I don't know. It. I'm gonna go see it, but I'm not sure. I don't. I don't. I don't have a. I'm not holding my breath on it. I was not yeah. a big fan of the last one. What was the last one? Apocalypse. Thoroughly yeah. forgettable. I kind of lost track of the the X-Men franchise there. Yeah. Uh, we have Secret Life of Pets 2 coming out. I have no desire to see this. I remember the, the original one. I thought that the trailer made it look good, but then I heard that it was not. So <laughs> this one does not look. This one, I know, like all I've seen is I think maybe the trailer once or twice. And it's really confusing to me because obviously I never saw the first one outside of the trailer. But it seems like a lot has happened, which doesn't make sense to me. Like their their animals are like superheroes or some shit. I have no idea. And I thought it was just like what they do when they're hanging out at home. But now like they're getting to adventures. They have costumes. I think that the first one involved adventures too. And I think that yeah. that's why... I think some people were a little bummed out with how it actually like what it actually was because the trailers only show them like after their owners leave and like the stuff they get into, which I think is a good idea. You know, that's, that's kind of a fun idea, but I think it's more involved in that. Like they get out and they do, do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Late night also comes out. This is the uh, Mindy Kaling comedy. Okay. All right. I'm slightly interested in this one. I'll watch it. It's written written by Mindy Kaling, directed by uh, Nisha Ganatra. Okay. We also have Leto. We have Katie Says Goodbye. We got this one's for the ladies. That's the uh, documentary. NC-17, that one. It's for the ladies. It is for the ladies. Explicit sexual images. For the ladies. For the ladies. Uh, Pavarotti comes out. That's the doc from uh, Ron Howard. Yeah, also NC-17. <laughs> Some hardcore <laughs> Pavarotti action, full <laughs> penetration. <laughs> he put his whole movies in there. It was, it was a bizarre choice. Uh on VOD this week, we have The Cleaning Lady. This is on June 4th. Rondo, which is a, a sort of exploitation throwback that I, I really hated this movie. It, a lot of other people seem to dig it, but I think it's really bad. <laughs> like, just atrocious. Mm. Uh, the Bastard's Fig Tree. Uh, the Odds. The Possession Diaries. Mollywood. Wonders of the Sea, that's a documentary narrated by Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think. Oh, that's a bad choice. Yeah. I do. <laughs> Who the fuck wants to hear that guy's voice narrating I, something? I, I think I, I don't see that listed in the synopsis, but I swear I read that somewhere. I hope I'm not just making that up. Oh, yeah, here it is. Yeah. Narrated? Yeah. Why would you do that? It's narrated and produced by Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
I don't know. I'm not sure. Extracurricular activities. Uh, we have a review for that up on the site right now. That That's in limited release right now. I think it's just playing in LA. And then on the 7th, we have Katie Says Goodbye. The Child Remains. Framing John DeLorean. Which is... I, I, is it... I don't know if it's a document... Oh, here it is. It's a, the first... Introducing the first documentary reenactment true story of the man behind the car. Alec Baldwin plays John DeLorean. The first documentary reenactment. I don't, like, you don't have to reenact it. You can just, I think we could have stopped at a doc. Yeah, I'm not sure about this. Jesus Christ. On Netflix, we have a movie called I Am Mother. Also on Netflix, we have The Black Godfather. And it looks like that's about it for VOD this week. Mm. A lot of stuff. Yeah. On Blu-ray, this is for Tuesday, June 4th, we have uh, The Man Who Laughs from 1928. This is a 4K remaster being put out by Flickr Alley. They put out a lot of, a lot of classics, a lot of, a lot of really old stuff. Deep cuts. Yeah. We got the Andromeda Strain from 1971 coming out on Arrow. Uh, looks like the Batman movies are getting some 4K releases. Uh, this includes the 89 Batman, 92's Batman Returns, 95's Batman Forever, 97's Batman and Robin. Probably recommend the first two. Yeah. Not just, sure I'd... I'm so sick and tired of Batman. Blasphemy. I'm just tired of him. I'm tired of the man of Bat. I will never tire of Batman, sir. Can't, can't 1988's Trapped Alive is coming out on Arrow. Okay. Uh, the Last Warning from 1928. That's also a Flickr Alley release. And that's also a remaster. Flickr Alley, all about 1928. <laughs> Lost in Space Season 1 is coming out. The reason that I mention this is because that's a Netflix show. And it's rare that they put their stuff out. And it's on rare home media. That they pick that one. You know, I've I think I talked about this before on the show, like back when this came out, the first season. I was so impressed with Lost in Space season one. I had no expectations about that, and I ended up loving it. Really? Yeah, I was never a fan of the show. I didn't like the Matt LeBlanc movie. Yeah. So I. But the like the the visuals in that show are so good. Hmm. I, I I highly recommend giving it a look. I was so impressed. Uh, Venture Bros. Season seven is coming out. That show's still on, by the way. They're still plugging away at it. Really? Yeah. It takes them like three years to make a season, but they they still do it. I don't know how like self-centered I am, but I, I, I just assumed that when I stopped watching it, they stopped making it. Apparently, that's not the case. No, because season seven came out last year. It's it's still good. They're okay. They're still right. pumping out quality. I think that's why it takes them so long. Because you know, like that's a very deep, complex show with a lot of characters. And there's just so much going on in that show. And the animation quality is quite good, too. Hmm. 
Uh, let's see. The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. That's the Terry Gilliam one. Uh, the Kid. I think that's the one. Is that the... It's the Western with... Um, I think... Was it Vincent D'Onofrio directed that one? I think. I have. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. It's the one with Ethan Hawke. Yep, directed by Vincent D'Onofrio. Correct. Uh, the Haunting of Sharon Tate. That's the first of many Manson movies that are coming out this year. Yep. Knife and Heart. Knife plus Heart, rather. I'd recommend that. Light recommend. I as well. A Medea Family Funeral. Eh, that's about all I got. What about Criterion's? Well, we got uh, a re-release. You know, Blu-ray getting the uh, trilogy from Ingmar Bergman, which is through Glass Darkly, Winter Light, and The Silence. Now, with this one, outside of the, the new 2K restoration, is they also have new special features. So if you picked up like the, the DVD version of it a while, a while ago, came out years ago, the, the new Blu-ray version of it has new interviews, new audio interviews, uh, an illustrated audio interview with the cinematographer, a uh, couple of things on there. So it's actually, it's not just like one of those, you know, Criterion does a lot where it's just the, the new Blu-ray restoration and that's it. It's exactly the same as the DVD, just better quality. They actually added some stuff to this. Very cool. All right, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. If you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.